0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Horse racing, golf. Early NFL futures, Major League Baseball on a daily basis, and more. Get involved with Bet Online. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get started. It's Online, where the game starts.
0: Celebrate your whale of a dad with a fudgy the whale ice cream cake from the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse.
1: Everything at Carvel
0: of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design your dad wants, they make it happen. Your dad deserves a tasty treat this Father's Day. Soft serve ice cream, milkshakes, sundaes, shakes, and more. America's favorite since 1934. Carvel, open seven days a week, Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Stop in today. Fudge the whale is waiting for you. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter.
1: The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Carvel of North Syracuse, MyHotTub.com, Stanley Law Offices, and Brian Conboy of MassMutual New York State. Go find Brian Conboy on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And, of course, at Advisors.MassMutual.com. An absolutely, positively great experience with Brian. Get your financial future set. You might be, you know, heading into retirement. You might have a youngster heading off to college. Absolutely imperative that your financial future set and ready to go. Uh, Brian Conboy can help you at advisors.massmutual.com. Huge tip of the cap. Thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families and Bowers and Company CPAs for their support of the program as well. Our next guest is so accomplished. It is absolutely unbelievable. He's one of the best in the business, a longtime journalist, uh, on air, author, a best selling author, uh, you name it. You can get his new book called Ricky the life and legend of an American original that is on Ricky Henderson. It's a definitive biography of Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson, baseball's epic leadoff hitter and base stealer, who also stole America's heart over four electric decades in the game. And you can get it all over online platforms where books are sold, your neighborhood bookstore, Barnes & Noble, you name it, and at howardbryantbooks.com. And you can follow Howard Bryant on Twitter. Hbryant42 is the handle. That's at Hbryant42. I do want to mention, too, He's involved with Metal Art Media, EP, uh, of course, with Bob Casas on HBO, NPR Weekend, ESPN. Remember him on the Sports Reporters for years. Ten books in all, and the latest is called Ricky, The Life and Legend of an American Original. Man, I am so excited to bring on Howard Bryant. Howard, congratulations. Thanks for coming on.
0: Uh, it's my pleasure. It's um, always uh, fun to talk to you, and even more fun to talk about Ricky. It's um he is the, the unicorn, a very unique player. It's been fun to, to to work on this book.
1: There's no doubt about it, and I want to start with, I mean, I don't think this, I don't think a lot of people think this, but obviously he, he is one of the elite players of all time, but nobody would say Ricky Henderson, greatest player of all time. But you did the biography on him. You know how special he was. He was a unicorn, great base stealer, amazing leadoff hitter, longevity, durability, all that stuff. Could you make any argument that he is the greatest player of all time?
0: Well, I mean, I think that the the hard part one I I hate doing lists because they, especially baseball, as you get further further into time, you just there's just too much ground to cover. Mm-hmm. But could you make an argument he's the greatest player of all time? Absolutely, you could. Uh, obviously, Barry Bonds and company you know, get in the way of that because of the pure power. But for everything that Ricky could do, for the time that he did it, for the the way that he did it. And at the end of the day, we spend so much time talking about Ricky and the Ricky antics and Ricky's personality and Ricky, the Ricky stories and speaking in the third person (laughs) and all of the, the, the sort of personality based things. What we don't talk about is that Ricky Anderson absolutely obliterated the record book. I mean, that is the thing about this that I still keep coming back to when I started to work on this. I mean, I knew Ricky was a great player and i knew ricky was top shelf great player i mean i didn't it wasn't a surprise doing the research that oh he's he's a mount rushmore mount everest kind of guy but at the same time by the time you get done with it you look at him and you go oh all right 3000 hits 2000 walks 2000 runs 1400 stolen bases 81 lead off home runs I mean, you start looking at this and you go, number one, for those stats, nobody's ever going to break that. He is in a class by himself. And that absolutely deserves discussion because there's never been anybody like him.
1: Yeah, he he was unbelievable. When do you think, Howard, he was at the height of his baseball career?
0: Well, there's no question that Supernova Ricky was 1989-1990. Those two years, what gets underrated were his Yankee years, nineteen eighty-five to eighty-nine. Yep, because he was a monster in eighty-five. And you look at that team in eighty-five. You had Winfield on an MVP pace. You had Mattingly winning the MVP. You had Don Baylor, who is one of the great five hitters of all time. You had Ricky, and never mind, you know Willie Randolph in the two-hole. You know you had really, really good players. But they didn't win. And in New York, and with all the volatility going on with George Steinbrenner and everything else, and the rise of the Mets at the same time as the Yankees did not win, Ricky's New York years get completely obscured and they get underrated. Ricky scored 146 runs in 143 games in 1985. He stole 90, stole, attempted 90 steals, stole 80 times. He was 80 for 90 in 85, and they didn't win. And so people forget about it. But Ricky the Yankee put up monster numbers. It all got obscured by the fact that they couldn't get into the postseason and because of the volatility of Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner. But, boy, he was a, he was a real, real threat at that time. However, if you're really going to look at Ricky in terms of the biggest years, you got to go after he gets traded. He gets traded from the Yankees June 21st, 1989, gets traded back to Oakland, and for that half-season of 89, the full season of 90, and the half-season of 91, you can make an argument that's one of the greatest stretches that anybody's ever had in a baseball diamond.
1: So, many times when you look at a baseball career and you look towards the end on the baseball card or you look on you know, baseball reference, you see some years that kind of dangle at the end. Uh, w- w- and that's normal. I mean, players get older. Father time is undefeated. We know the saying. And there's those years, you know, 2000, the 99 to a degree, I guess, 2001, 2002, 2003, you know, Dodgers, Red Sox, Padres, Mariners, Mets, kind of bouncing around, couldn't let go. He ends up playing 25 years. How do you equate the dangle years for Ricky Henderson. And by the way, I just t- took a peek here, too, with the Mets in 99. He had 138 hits that season. So you look at it and go, well, geez, you know, he probably still believed that he could still go based on, you know, how he felt physically and, and some of the specific numbers he put in, uh, put up. But, but how would you assess, Howard, the dangle years at the end there for Ricky? No,
0: well, Ricky never retired. Ricky never officially retired at no point. To this day, did he say, I can't play anymore? So you have to factor those in in terms of the the compiling. Does he get to 3,000 hits the way that if if he had just quit after, you know, say 95 or no, he doesn't get there. He finished with 3,055 hits. So he needed every one of those at bats by the end. Does he? You know does he get to the 2000 runs yeah he gets there does he get to the 2000 walks he gets there mm-hmm. for the most part he got those records in 2001 he's still a pretty good player I mean let's not forget that Ricky in 1998 you know led the league in stolen bases at 39 years old and I think that it's important for us to look as we assess Ricky sure you could make one argument and it's one of the things that I wanted to get at overall in the book, I wanted to tell a story of a guy who really was one of the least popular players in the game and then by the end became one of the most beloved there were people just wanted to tell Ricky stories and they missed him and all the things about him they couldn't that you know, they couldn't stand now they wish they had back but there's one other thing about this Mike to the to your point on that last question and that is we have to assess the the fact that Moneyball did wonders for ricky's career and extended ricky's career because ricky was hitting 230 235 240 to you know you as a as a 40 year old and even in the late 30s you can't be hitting that low in the old days and still have a career but because ricky's on base was still 400 that allowed him to extend his career so when you're talking about those dangly years if we're talking about 1950 or 1960, Ricky gets released much, much sooner because the batting average was so low and you could beat him at the plate. But in 1998, 1999, 2000, now because Ricky could still work a walk, he gets to play four or five more years, even though he did hit 314 that first year with the Mets. he You know, the, the tough part about assessing him during those late years, was the way the game was being evaluated, he still had value, even though you're looking at the numbers and going, oh, he's hitting
1: 236." What a player. Howard Bryant, our guest, the author of uh, The Life and Legend of an American Original. It's called Ricky. Major bookstores uh, online, of course, where books are sold, including howardbryantbooks.com. And I would advise everybody, when you go there, just buy all of Howard's stuff, because it's all amazing One of my favorites of any books I've ever read is The Last Hero, uh, which is on the life of uh, the great Henry Aaron. uh, Just a terrific biography. So make sure you pick up this brand new one and all the others. Uh, We're talking about Ricky Henderson here with his latest uh, work, and uh, Howard can be found on Twitter at hbryant 42 What do you hope people say about Ricky Henderson when they finish this book, and what do you hope they say about the book in general?
0: Well, I think that when you take on a project like this. One of the things that I was saying to Ricky when I was working on it, trying to get his cooperation, which was very hit or miss, was the stories that we tell are not always of the best players or the most important stories. The stories we tell may be important and generally they are, but they're not the most important. The most important stories are the ones that get repeated. And I tried to appeal to him. I was like, Look, People get, you know, look at it this way. You know, Ricky, you last swung a bat in 2003. People who remember your prime when you were really cranking and you were at the top of the mountain were born at the latest in the late 1970s. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Those people today are almost 50 years old. I
1: know, I'm 42, so I'm kind of, you know, (laughs) yeah exactly.
0: So what I was trying to appeal wow. to him is I want people to remember you.
1: Sure.
0: I want people like when I worked on Last Hero, one of the biggest problems I had with Henry is that I was seven years old when he retired. I never saw Henry Aaron play. <laughs> I was I I spent so much time in the research trying to recreate his game because I have no first hand memory of it. I have first hand memory of Ricky. I saw pretty much all of Ricky's career. And what I wanted to get across was to, to say, look, here is somebody who does things that you, if you're a 13 or 14-year-old baseball fan, they don't play baseball like this anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't do the things that Ricky did. And the game isn't the same. So I wanted to give people an idea of what that time period was like. And I wanted to give people an idea off the field of what that time period was like. To me, what Ricky does in terms of the the story of the American century of the American sports century, which is one of the things that I, I work on is it's the third wave. It's the third era. As we, as we tie the century together, the first era was the immigration era where the, Jews and the Italians and the Irish and the Germans, and they all come to America at the turn of the 20th century. Their parents don't speak English, and they want to become American, and a lot of those kids became American through sports. And then the second era is the integration era, where African Americans are now part of the society. And let's not forget that baseball is the first major institution to integrate. 1947, they integrated before schools and before the military. And then the third era is the free agent era, the money, the economic era. And this is Ricky's time. You could have done this book on Reggie Jackson or Michael Jordan or Nolan Ryan or something. But this is the era where now these players are becoming super rich. And the relationship between the public and the player is changing. And one of the things that I really enjoyed going into the research and the microfilm was how – you gotta remember that Ricky's when Ricky first came into the league, this is the first five years of free agency. People are enraged at how much money these guys are making. And, and remember Len Barker, the pitcher for the Indians, writes an apology to the fans for making nine hundred thousand dollars. And nobody blinks today at forty million. Yeah. So so I wanna really go back and talk about, you know, what it explore how different the culture of the sport was because the money was becoming a thing. And Ricky of course defined himself by how much money he was making and comparing himself to his peers. And I think the biggest thing, Mike, that I wanted to get at was a story of time. This is what happens. It's a very uniquely American thing that Ricky goes from being one of the most disliked characters in baseball to one of the most beloved. He starts out being selfish. He starts out being self-absorbed. They talk about him not being a winner. And then by the end, people miss him and now they're comparing him to Satchel Paige and Yogi Berra, and now he wants to play forever, and now he's this great American treasure. And I wanted to explore how that arc takes place when you get rehabilitated by your greatness, you get rehabilitated by your longevity. But actually, when you were playing, some people loved you, but a lot of people didn't. And so I wanted to really jump into that and talk about that transition. And also because hes they don't play baseball the way Ricky played it anymore. I mean, I think about it. People have asked me, what's Ricky's legacy? And obviously, Ricky had a legacy. And you look at the base stealers and the type of players that followed him, the, the guys, the, you know, the, you know, Jeffrey Hammonds and the, you know, the Kenny Loftons and all of those leadoff guys, those power speed guys, Guy Damons and all those guys sort of followed Ricky but today the way they play the game I don't think Ricky does have a legacy because nobody steals bases anymore they don't affect the action the way Ricky did Ricky's really a unicorn so I think there's a wonderful story there to read about the evolution of the sport as well and we talk about these guys and you look back at them and you go oh 3,000 hits no brainer hall of famer when Ricky hit his 10th year in 1988-89 he was with the Yankees. They weren't even talking about him as a Hall of Famer. They were talking, you know, there was one story in the Sporting News talking about who were slam dunk Hall of Famers in their, you know, you know who were active. And Ricky wasn't even listed. And it was written by one of the Yankee beat writers. So it really does show you how much the analytics folks, once you started to talk to Billy Dean about this and once you started to talk about the advanced metrics and how the game is evaluated now, Ricky's even better than people thought when he was playing. That's how good he was.
1: He, um, you know, I I knew how big he was when I was little. I mean, it's easy for, <clears throat> you know, a seven eight year old boy to get caught up in it. You're playing little league. You fall in love with the game. The Yankees were my team. Mattingly was my guy uh, as a favorite player. Uh, eventually surpassed and barely. Was
0: Ricky's guys as well. Yeah, was favorite player.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and then eventually Jeter comes along to surpass barely. Uh, but 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 Henderson. I mean, I, this is how I think of it. There were guys in the '80s like him and Strawberry, etc. My sister has always loved baseball, but she wasn't a psycho like I was when we, you know I was seven, eight, nine years old. And we we took our first trip to, uh, to to New York City as a family. I think I think it was our first one, but it was certainly my first big league game. We saw a doubleheader with the Minnesota Twins, I think in either 87, 88. I should have pulled out the ticket stub before the, uh, before the interview. But I remember we were going, and, and I, I remember my sister was talking about Ricky Henderson more than I was. You know, I was talking about Mattingly, and she was talking about Ricky Henderson. She had Daryl Strawberry posters and Ricky Henderson posters up on the wall. That that should tell you, you know, how exciting Ricky Henderson was, you know?
0: Well, and where baseball fit in the culture as well, that there are Absolutely. larger-than-life characters in the sport. People yep. talk about
1: baseball. Yep.
0: Not being marketable. There was a time when it was a national game. There was a time when this was the, the you know, that people looked at them the same way they looked at Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and Brett Favre and the rest of them. But it, it really was a time when when these guys were larger than life.
1: Okay, final question for you in the minute or so I have left. Give me your favorite Ricky story. Whether it's him in the third person in the locker room. Uh, interview with someone, describing a story about Ricky. What's the Ricky story that jumps off first?
0: Um, I don't know if it's a Ricky story as much as it is a Ricky stat. The Ricky stories are great. They're they're all hilarious and they're all very funny. I mean, I think if I had to think about one of my favorite Ricky stories was in when Ricky was a 10th grader, Ricky was cut from the varsity team. And he got sent to the JV and when he right before he walked over to the j v field where all the young kids were going on, he looked at the at the baseball coach and this is a fifteen year old kid looks at looks at the baseball coach and says, "You must not know who I am," <laughs> and then proceeds to sneak onto the varsity into the varsity cage to hit and just starts hitting rockets. Wow.
1: And and the baseball coach points at Ricky and says, you, come with us. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) Ricky was was cut from the varsity team for about 20 minutes. So he willed himself onto the team. But my favorite Ricky, Ricky stat is that Ricky, from 1979 to 2001, joins the Red Sox to start the 2002 season. From his rookie year to the day he joined the Red Sox, he had stolen more bases than the Red Sox.
1: (laughs) He had stolen more bases than the entire franchise to that point.
0: (laughs) Wow. That is incredible. I defy That's like a big boost. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. It's from another universe. There's no doubt about it. Well, the book is out, and it's spectacular on a spectacular player by a spectacular author it's called ricky the life and legend of an american original go get it online where books are sold including howardbryantbooks.com and you can get Howard Bryant on twitter at hbryant42 the longtime journalist best-selling author and while you're on that site go grab all of his other books as well including the hank aaron biography follow him on twitter at hbryant the number 42 howard This was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Continued success, and I can't wait to see what's next. Take care. No, thank you.